Welcome to Knowledge on the Go, the podcast brought to you by the PI Collaboratives team at Vizient. I'm Shannon Hill, Performance Improvement Program Director here at Vizient, and your host for this podcast. Our topic today will examine the use of some cutting-edge technology to help improve outcomes in sepsis. According to the CDC, sepsis is defined by the body's extreme response to an infection and is a life-threatening medical emergency, affecting at least 1.7 million adults in America. Furthermore, CDC statistics suggest that one in three people who die in a hospital had sepsis during that hospitalization and that sepsis, or the infection causing sepsis, starts before a patient goes to the hospital in almost 87% of cases, highlighting the need to identify sepsis early because without timely treatment, sepsis can rapidly lead to a long list of issues such as tissue damage, organ failure, and death. What we've seen lately is that some innovative healthcare organizations are increasingly using technology like electronic health record screening tools and even artificial intelligence or AI to combat sepsis. To gain some insight on how this technology works, we've invited our AI subject matter expert, Dr. Joe Cummings, to explain it to us. And so without further ado, welcome Dr. Cummings. Thanks, Shannon. Happy to be here. Because this is such a new field, at least for me anyway, and just so that we're all on the same page, can you start at the very beginning by defining AI for us? AI is kind of an all-encompassing term that describes any time that you use computers and software to do things that humans do through higher reasoning. So we're talking about things like vision, language, learning, and also things like problem solving and pattern recognition. The problem here is that AI is such a general term that it's almost kind of meaningless. And sometimes the term is often just used for the hype factor, right? But underlying the hype, I think, are some concepts like machine learning and neural networks. So these are much more specific terms, and I think they actually better describe the mechanisms and the functions and capabilities of AI. But again, in the end, all these other concepts are typically just lumped together under the umbrella term of AI because it's just easier that way. Got it. So then what are the subtypes of AI that are important to know when we're talking about early identification of sepsis? For this particular application, I think what we really need to talk about and understand are the AI capabilities for machine learning and pattern recognition. Let's start with machine learning. One of the most fundamental concepts of machine learning and Really, the big difference between machine learning and your conventional types of computer programming is that in machine learning, you don't need to explicitly program in some predetermined thresholds. For example, a respiratory rate greater than 22 with a temp greater than 101 and lactate greater than 2. And so if you meet these thresholds with your conventional type of programming, then it says you have sepsis. But the problem with this way is that it's not very flexible. And so that affects the accuracy. In machine learning, you don't do it that way. Instead, you train a model to learn what variables and what thresholds are important. And you do that by using a large data set of historical patients where you know their diagnosis and outcome already. This data set will have some patients with sepsis and some without. The training data set often has hundreds of thousands of these patients and maybe millions of their data points. The more, the better for accuracy. With each time you train the model with the patient's data, the model gets even more accurate at predicting the diagnosis. All right. I think I get the concept of machine learning now. Can you help me understand how does this apply to sepsis? 
All right, let me give you an example of an AI-based sepsis model. First, you determine what variables you want in your model. And these can include a lot more than just vital signs and lab values. You could include patient history variables, comorbidities, and symptoms, and, and pretty much anything else you think might be important. And so you build this really big multidimensional model. Then we're going to train the model, just like we talked about. And through the training process, the AI program gets really good at creating a predictive risk score for sepsis. But there's also a limitation here, too, because the model has so many variables and the patterns are often subtle, it's not always possible to say how the model arrived at its prediction. So it just doesn't say, oh, the respiratory rate's higher than 22 and they have a temperature greater than 101. This means it's sepsis. Right. For the AI system, it's just much more of a nonlinear model, although it still probably heavily weights for things like vital signs, but not with a straight single value with a yes-no threshold. And again, it's also going to weigh all of those other variables that you put into your model. But if you think about it, it's really not so different from what a clinician actually does in their head in real life when they're making a diagnosis, and that it kind of takes into account a lot of different variables and subtleties, right? I'd argue that Sometimes the lack of explainability for AI is not all that different from when you talk about the art of medicine, where a good clinician knows in their gut that that diagnosis is sepsis, even before they can point to some specific vital sign numbers or values. This phenomenon of explainability or, or lack thereof seems to me like it, it could be a big barrier to establishing trust with the clinician and believing or acting on the AI model results. Is this one of the implementation barriers slowing down the adoption of AI and sepsis? It's one of the many implementation barriers, and it's seen across a lot of different uses of AI, not just sepsis. But one of the things that I think will really help here is developing some really good high-quality clinical evidence. If you can prove in a clinical trial that the AI model is very accurate, and then when the clinicians start using the model, if they find out that in real life, when they use it, it's very accurate, then it'll start to establish that trust factor. The bottom line here is that just like for other innovative emerging technologies, you're going to need to work through a bunch of implementation hurdles like this, and that's going to take time and effort. So it sounds like AI has some pretty unique implementation issues that a hospital will need to work through. We might need a whole other podcast for that topic, Shannon, but I'd just say this. I recommend to hospitals that I talk to that they should get started with AI now. So that way they'll have already established AI in the hospital culture and strategy. Their clinicians will already be educated about how these AI models work so that they're going to be more aware of the strengths and weaknesses and limitations. And they'll have also worked through some of the workflow integration issues, and maybe they'll have the IT infrastructure and talent in place. So by doing all of these things now, I think it'll help the hospital to be better positioned to take advantage of the sepsis application that we're talking about, but also all the other types of AI that are coming down the road in the near future. All right. So lots of background and theory. Let's get back to sepsis now. Can you talk about some of the clinical evidence that's out there? I know there was one clinical study that generated a lot of buzz just recently, and it involved the successful implementation of an AI-based early warning system at, I think it was five hospitals in the Maryland, D.C. area, which is right near where I live. 
So the trial I think you're thinking about was spearheaded out of Johns Hopkins and published in Nature of July of 2022, so just a few months ago. First off, let me just say a few things about the trial design. So it was a prospective cohort study. So maybe this is a little weaker form of evidence than a randomized controlled trial. But on the other hand, it was very large. It enrolled about 600,000 patients. So that helps make it a much stronger form of evidence. As for results, one of the important things that they found was they had 89% of sepsis alerts evaluated by their physicians. So this really shows a pretty high adoption rate with alerts being ignored in only about 10% of cases. This speaks to what we were talking about earlier, about developing a trust between the AI model and the clinician so they will want to use it, right? Exactly. And another thing I'd say that the study showed was some really relatively high diagnostic accuracy. It was definitely not perfect, but it was much higher than some of the other AI sepsis models have shown. So basically, in their model, what they found was that about one of every three sepsis alerts The provider evaluated it, and they confirmed a diagnosis of sepsis. Now, this still means some false positives in more than 60% of cases, but again, this might be tolerable given what you're trying to do here. They also reported a bunch of intermediate outcome analyses that showed things like earlier identification of sepsis and earlier initiation of antibiotics by a few hours. So again, all the things that you'd expect to improve outcomes in sepsis patients where we know that every minute counts. But here's maybe the most important thing that they reported. They were able to go past just the intermediate outcomes, and they actually found a mortality improvement. They basically showed that in a subset of patients where the alert was evaluated within three hours, it went on to reduce in-hospital sepsis mortality by almost 2% in absolute terms, And this was about 19% in relative terms. This is an incredibly important finding because it means using the AI system is actually saving lives. If you extrapolate that 2% mortality improvement nationally, we're talking about the potential to avoid thousands of sepsis deaths each year. One thing that you just said that caught my attention, I heard you mention something about a low accuracy for some of the other sepsis models that are out there, which brings me to my next question. Are there other AI models out there similar to the Johns Hopkins system, and how well do they work? There are a few notable ones that I can think of, and even more if you count the number of homegrown systems that are being developed at some of your larger research-type hospitals. So for starters, there's a company called Bayesian Health. It's been formed in order to commercialize that Johns Hopkins system that we've been talking about. As for competitors, there's another one called Sepsis Watch that was developed at Duke. It's affiliated with a company called Cohere Med. And there's another one that uses a model developed by Mayo called Sepsis Dart that's associated with a company called Ambient Clinical Analytics. There's also others from Kaiser and HCA who have developed their own homegrown systems. Also, there's actually a module for EPIC called the EPIC Sepsis Model. So the EPIC Sepsis Model has been associated with a lot of controversy lately with some ongoing back and forth debate in the clinical literature about the accuracy of this particular sepsis model. This is what I was alluding to previously about some problems with low reported accuracy in some of the current models. But on the other hand, probably because of its easy availability, there's been a lot of use of this EPIC model by quite a few hospitals. You can see that there are quite a few of these models in the works. 
And they're already in use within the systems where they were developed. So they're getting real life experience. But overall, I'd say that they're still mostly in the early emerging stage of use. And as for your question about how well do they work, I'd have to say really that there's no good comparative clinical evidence out there that would let you say that any one system is better than another or that you should pick this system rather than another. Hopefully that's something we'll get to in the future sometime. What other developments do you see coming in the near future for these AI sepsis models? So building on the Johns Hopkins trial results, I think we'll see more clinical trials like this showing the effects of this type of AI technology on sepsis outcomes. And if positive, I think this kind of evidence will create a lot of momentum for adoption. And therefore, you'll see a broader, more rapid adoption of the AI technology. Regulatory approval for some of the specific software is also an important future step. This milestone would be really huge for increasing utilization uptake. But bottom line here is I I think that more widespread adoption of these technologies is really probably more a question of when rather than if. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that last statement. So before we go, do you have any advice for an organization that's interested in learning more about AI options and sepsis? I think a good starting place is the clinical literature. So maybe just go to PubMed or your local medical library, do a lit search, download the articles and and just start reading. And you'll want to do this pretty often because of how fast the field is moving. You might also want to reach out to some of the companies I mentioned to learn about their products. If maybe you're getting to the point where you're considering your buy, build, or partner options for implementing the technology, I think you'll probably need to go to some sort of hospital assessment committee to help with the evaluation of the clinical evidence and the manufacturer info and the financials, et cetera. There are going to be a lot of options for how this committee will work. But my recommendation is that a hospital should probably have some sort of standing committee that's involved in all things AI-related because the hospital is going to be bombarded with AI technology requests in the near future. So for example, if you have someone on this committee with a strong background in AI, it's going to go a long way to help with comparing the various models that are out there. And you probably also have some specialized IT people on the committee, and they can understand and maybe facilitate the technology issues. But some other folks you'll probably want to consult are the clinicians themselves, in this case, the ER and the ICU nurses and docs themselves. Successful adoption may hinge on input from these folks as far as the workflow integration part goes. It seems like using their input is going to be key in increasing that adoption rate like we talked about earlier. Yep, most definitely. Another really important function of the AI committee is for it to be a place to collect feedback on the use of the system. So we haven't talked about this issue yet, but there's this phenomena in AI of potential bias that can be related to things like race and ethnicity and gender. So these biases can seep into the AI model and results over time. So I think it's going to be critical that you have some mechanism like the committee to continually monitor for this potential bias to ensure that you're using it safely and effectively. Is this the concept of keeping a human in the loop, so to speak? Yeah, exactly. But I'd say not just in the loop, I'd say the human should still be in charge. So that means you should make sure the human doesn't come to rely on the AI so much that they stop thinking critically. The AI should just be thought of as a tool or maybe a second set of eyes that helps the clinician do their job better. In this case, you can think of AI as standing for augmented intelligence rather than artificial intelligence. Augmented intelligence. I like that term. So on that note, I think we'll wrap up this podcast. I'd like to thank Dr. Joe Cummings for speaking with us today and to you for listening. For Vizient's PI Collaboratives team, I'm Shannon Hell. 
please join us for more knowledge on the go. Subscribe today, like us, and send us your comments at pi collaboratives at visiantinc.com.